Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 77. This is a special edition of the podcast where Sam goes all song exploder on us and meets Timo Sharnowski from The Forest Feeling to talk about how they wrote and recorded their track, Pioneers. We'll be back with a normal podcast at the beginning of April when we launch the 12 Song Challenge. Till then, enjoy! Okay, so it's great to be here with Timo. Hi, Timo. Hi, Sam. Hi, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. And I'm excited because uh, you're one of my new colleagues at Engage Worship. You and your wife, Gemma, just started working yes. with us. So that is super cool. And uh, But tell people a little bit about who you are, what your background is. Yeah, so, um, well, might be actually making sense uh, if I say where, where we met. So um, it goes back to London School of Theology, as so many things do. <laughs> That's where uh, I did my undergrad with Gemma, actually, as well. That's where we met as well. It's kind of where all the strands come together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before LST, I, I grew up in Germany, um, then did a couple of gap years uh, in one in South Africa, one in then in the UK. I've got family in the UK. Yeah, but then LST did the course in theology, music and worship. And after that, I worked for an Anglican church in London for four years as the yep. worship leader. Uh, after that, I did a little bit of freelance uh, teaching, guitar and drums, a little bit of production, then worked for a school. So I've done like all sorts of things, really. Um, yeah, but now super excited to be part of the Engage family and yeah. to still keep writing songs and producing as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you and you and Gemma have been doing this band for a while now, right? The Forest Feeling? That's right. Yeah. So we started writing songs together maybe two or three years ago. Uh, we released our first EP as The Forest Feeling. That's the name of our band, I think, in October 19. Mm-hmm. And then since then, we've just launched the, the old single here and there, um, as it's done these days. Mm. So for like every three months or so, just putting a song out. Yeah. Cool. And we're going to talk particularly about the song Pioneers, which was your last single came at the yeah. end of last year uh, which i absolutely loved i love i love all your music uh I lo- you did a song 2021 last year which was really made me laugh because uh, <laughs> yeah, it was all so. about being zoomed out and uh yeah frustrated and just wishing 2020 although 2021 has now come and it's it's not all you kind of made it out it, to be the whole song has really turned into a massive irony It was written in in 2020, looking forward to a time after Corona. Yeah, um, feeling hopeful about that. But then, yeah, 2021 <laughs> happened, and obviously here we are, still yeah. locked down. But I want to talk about pioneers because it. I felt like it was a real step up. I don't know what you felt, but like from everything you'd written before and also uh, produced before, um, and I thought that people, you know, a lot of people listening to this will be worship songwriters. Uh, and that's what we normally talk about on this podcast. But my feeling is that learning about any aspect of songwriting is going to help you to be a better worship songwriter. And also there's a sort of healthiness in sometimes not writing a worship song. So 
in your mind, are they different things? Do you approach them differently or is it all kind of very similar? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Obviously, in both cases, we are creating something, aren't we? So there must be parallels and sort of uh, areas of, of cross-pollination, really. But I think the, the short answer is, yes, I do approach them differently just because they are kind of different animals, really, yeah. essentially. You know, uh, a worship song has essentially a different function or a different role mm. than any odd singer-songwriter song. Um, in, in a singer-songwriter song, you can literally just sort of pour out your heart, kind of say whatever you want to say, whatever feels right for you, and hope that people connect with it. But it's really still about you. Mm. And yeah, you can make it a beautiful expression of something that maybe some other people have also experienced. And, mm. and that is great. And that's beautiful. And we all love that. But worship songs, they, they kind of transcend that, don't they? And worship writers, they, they have a big task because essentially what we're doing is to, to put words in other people's mouths, really, for them yeah. to sing yeah. uh, and to make that their own. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's a, a bigger challenge, really. I, I find yeah. it a lot harder to write a worship song than to just write a little pop song about lockdown. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, I think for me, the big difference are lyrics. So obviously with worship, we we want to make sure that we, you know, we are biblically sound, that we kind of stay away from cliches. Mm. We want to make sure that what we write could be made into a prayer of somebody else, you know. So it's it's important to to write good good lyrics in that way. But then musically I think my approach has been quite similar. So mm. I generally start with uh, either a, a, a musical a melody or a riff. Mm. Um, I often start with, with guitar, just playing around with a riff. And then when something sounds catchy, then I, I stay there and play around it and then just sing random words to it until something sort of hooks. Um, so that's often an approach. But uh, more recently, I've also started with words, especially when I knew, okay, this is something that I want to write a song about. This seems seems relevant, seems important. So then I came up with phrases and then sing those phrases. I think this is something that I learned from Geraldine, actually, back mm. in the days when we did the songwriting module at LST, um, yeah. really to embrace writing away from your instrument as well which has been absolutely uh, revolutionary for me because um, it's a bit like taking the shackles off. You know, mm. I can get so limited in my guitar playing and just end up playing the same stuff every time. Um, but when you take that away, it's it's first really scary. But if you just have that phrase that you feel, okay, there's something in that and you just play around with it just in, in your head and you sing it out. Yeah, that, so that's that the, something I found useful. Was as well. that the case with Pioneers? Did you did you start with the lyrics there, or was it more the music vibe? How, how did how did that the so genesis of that? Yeah, with Pioneers, uh, yeah, it was the lyrics actually that started. So, the some of the lyrics in the chorus they had been sitting in my iPhone notes for yeah. years. Right. Uh, I think it's that. Um, let's ride waves. Let's cross oceans. Just like mm. these really uh, short phrases. I don't know, it felt, felt cool at the time. Hmm. Um, but I've never really done anything with them. And so then five years had passed. And then 
it's funny actually it was we were in matt week's studio Gemma and me <laughs> yeah and we were recording vocals for the doxicology album no way you know how funny right we haven't and, mentioned this that people may sne sneakily know you from listening to is it the first track on doxicology you sing on yeah yeah and then yeah. Gemma does a couple more yeah uh, and you uh, also, so, if people have been really deep diving, they will make know you from the from the German versions we put out last year as well. Yes. <laughs> no, that's really niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we had just finished tracking um, the, the vocals for Heaven's Voice. And then Gemma did some of other tracks and I had some time off. So I just went off to another room in the studio uh, and did, did some prayer, did some meditation. Um, and then the first line of the first verse essentially came to me, uh, which is, feel the weight of your tongue and how it falls asleep. Feel the weight of your tongue. so then from there i i had the melody of that in my head kind of straight away and the the rhythm of it how it could structure um and and it sounded to me like okay this just wants to sit on chord one you know for the beginning and just sort of like a really gentle start uh, and that was the beginning of it and then i just started writing the the other lyrics to that those opening lines about feel the weight of your tongue and how it falls asleep hear the drum in your chest it feels very like contemplation to me you know is that something that yeah. you've been going deeper in and it, yeah it... yeah no definitely definitely especially in last year where i think most of us had to explore the whole contemplative spirituality a little bit more or where it kind of seemed to to serve itself to to the moment you know yeah we we couldn't do the loud worship services anymore but we were all locked up in our homes and so yeah but even before that that's something that really spoke to me and that i found great strength and encouragement in really um the whole sort of slow down spirituality um but yeah i guess in, in the case of Pioneers, this song really came out of that moment. Um, but also realizing how, gosh, I have, uh, yeah, possibly even like lost my voice. So that's where the whole mm -hmm. thing of like, tongue has fallen asleep. Um, and essentially the whole song, Pioneers, is about that adventure spirit of, of doing something new. Um, we wrote it then during that time uh, where the first lockdown was beginning to come to an end. And we started to think about what could happen after this. Uh, what do you think life would be like afterwards? And mm. is it time to dream again? Is it time to to make some plans for whatever is next? Mm. You know. Um, and I think the song tries to capture that whole sentiment. Ooh, obsessions with anchor. I love um, second half of verse two, sever the ties of your youth, leave your ghost behind. But then that's also, it feels like that's almost um, contradicted by 
chorus two where you talk about pick a fight kill the dragons uh and then right at the end the last line is re-enchantment mm-hmm. and so you've got like let's there's a sense of versity of let's grow up yeah and then right at the end you're like fighting dragons and being re-enchanted mm-hmm. like how does all that work yeah yeah um i think that what you said about verse two with um leave a ghost behind that that really is looking back into the past and not being held back by things that may have happened any any regrets anything like that um and the whole thing of fighting dragons i don't see that really as, as contradictory with with that past looking it's also mm-hmm. like okay so what are the tasks that are in front of us um you know i i was thinking about that personally for me um for for Gemma and me as, as a couple um you know it's been it's been a tough year uh just yeah. you know um with, with family stuff going on and so on so yeah it's really about <laughs> what are the big things and maybe we can tackle them maybe we can kill the dragon And the whole thing with re-enchantment is, yeah, I don't know, for me, a bit of a, like a life mission of uh, also like engaging in our society. I think we've really lost our sense of wonder, our sense of um, maybe there's something beyond us. Uh, it's kind of really looking at secular society, really, and then trying to point out things where I think it's really obvious, where everyone is still looking for experiences of transcendence and we're all still longing for that feeling of something that is beyond us we still all want to be part of something that's bigger than us and i see at that a, a real sort of longing for essentially god you know it's mm-hmm. that, that old cliche of having a god-shaped hole in all of us mm-hmm. um which may have been overused but i think there's really truth at the heart of it you know yeah yeah and then i'm i'm really fascinated by the recording process in this because you've done a uh, if people want to do a sort of deeper dive into this, you've done a couple of videos on Facebook where you literally go into the logic file and show. And the more I listen to the track, the more I realize how many layers there are going on. But I'm, I'm interested to know, like, I think a lot of us shy away from letting the recording process be part of the writing, mm. partly because I feel like I have a danger of going, oh, cool drum sound cool synth sound cool guitar part and then actually the melody gets lost or the lyrics get lost but it's it seemed to me with this that actually that the recording process has been part of the writing process is that the case absolutely yeah and uh, that's something that i actually do quite a lot and that's what almost like makes it most fun for me yeah. Uh, recording really is, is one of my biggest hobbies and just crafting something and honing something as well. Uh, and it's really that latter element, which I don't know, I can sometimes get lost in the details. I think all of us can, if we are creators and, and musicians. Um, I think for me, the, the important thing there to keep in mind is that you need to have a framework or a structure in place. And then once you have that, you can do the embellishments on mm-hmm. that, you know? So, it could be a bit disastrous if if you just keep adding new uh, I don't know melodies and chords, and then in the end you just end up with something that just sounds messy. Yeah, and nobody wants that. So 
I try to have, you know, have the chords in place. Mm. I try to have the vocal melody in place and the, the rhythm, or at least know, okay, it's going to be uh, audio drums or it's going to be MIDI drums and more of like an 808 kind of feel. Uh, and once you have that framework, then, you know, I love having subtle little guitars or stereo pan that just add a little bit of uh, texture to it. For me, it's all about texture, really. Um, and then also kind of thinking outside of the box and using, for example, everyday sounds that mm. you uh, encounter uh, or sam sampling them. Uh, once you know just a little bit about Logic, and I'm not an expert at all, but when you know how you can quantize a certain noise, literally mm. a noise. So what's an example of, of something you did, you did that with on this track? Yeah, uh, there's quite a few actually so um I, I recorded a leaf blower outside of our flat that would really annoy us every thursday morning <laughs> and i auto-tuned it to f and just cut a section of it where it was quite steady and not interrupted um and just messed with the audio in some other ways and then that just turned into a nice little pad that i put <laughs> underneath i think uh the the second verse or uh in also in the second verse where it talks about time and um, what is it? Oh yeah, you are the sum of your days. Mm. They're not coming back. Uh, I just put a simple clock rhythm underneath that. Is there some uh, some footsteps at one point? Oh yeah, there's footsteps. Um, I, I love that really organic sound of uh, just when you walk outside on different textures or different yeah. surfaces, um, and that can easily be quantized into a rhythm. Or I I recorded a, a shaker just out mm -hmm. of like bird's eye chilies um, from <laughs> from Sainsbury's. Yeah. Which is, is it really important nice... that it's Sainsbury's or the Tesco's ones? Yeah, so no, they are, the Tesco ones are rubbish. They sound way too harsh. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's all about sort of organic textures and, and making them work for you. Yeah, because it's a when you listen to the track, it is it sounds on one level very simple and it's very acoustic and it's but the, as I say, the more you listen to it, the more you you pick up. Um, and, and things like you've done with like piano as well. There was some cool stuff with like muting. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, this was uh, re recording a, a live piano. And uh, at some point I, I just thought, okay, let's just palm mute the strings like I often do when I play guitar. Yeah. And then uh, it turned into that. First that was not muted and just really long sustained notes. Um, but then I just tried that out during the recording and thought, actually, it works well if it's first palm muted and mm. then opens up for the, the second half of the verse. Uh, yeah, and I created a, a pad also out of uh, a piano chord, just played one long chord and let it ring out mm -hmm. and then cut just a one or maybe two second section at the very end of that long ringing out okay. and let it loop again. So that yeah. it turns into like a jam, jam, jam. That sounded rubbish, but uh, you get the <laughs> idea. Uh, you hear that at the very beginning of the song uh, under the guitar picking. Yeah. Uh, and all those things mean that it's not just sort of preset bashing. You know, 
I, I suspect yeah. many of us, if when we start with logic or some sort of, you know, interface, we're we're kind of we're finding, you know, okay, I want a pad. So you click pad and you try it and you go, and it sounds like every other pad you've ever heard. Whereas yeah. I guess all of that kind of taking either a found sound or a, a an instrument that's not supposed to sound like a pad, but then it just it means that there's something as you say, organic and, and fresh about that sound. Yeah. And the irony is that I don't actually know how to find all of those sounds. Like some people <laughs> are really good at taking a stock uh, plugin yeah. and then just going into the controls of it and to the settings and making it sound awesome. Mm. Uh, or yeah, people have these amazing sound libraries of plugins but I, I just don't know enough about that. And I don't have the expertise of like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is this really great new sound and it's sort of emulating this really great synthesizer. I, I'm just not an expert on those things. So I'd much rather just go out, find the sound, record it, mess with it. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's much yeah. more fun for me. I mean, we, we could probably geek out about all these things for, for a long while, but um, I'll let people go to the um, to the Facebook videos if they wanna sort of see more of that. Um, but I'm just interested, uh, you've done quite a bit of stuff with The Forest Feeling. We've worked with Matt Weeks as a producer. And then with this track, you've done, have you done all of this yourself? Yeah. Yeah, actually, with this one we have, yeah, we sent it off for mastering. But actually, um, yeah, I did the mixing myself for this one, yeah. So if people are listening to this and they're like, oh, my recordings just sound rubbish, Um have you got any kind of encouragement or tips for especially that sort of growth? Because it can feel really hard to go from like, okay, I basically know how to record myself mm-hmm. to actually getting to a point where this track I'm actually proud of. I'm actually, it sounds good. Like what's yeah. been your journey and what would you say to people? Yeah. Wow. Um, that's a good question. Um, there are so many small little practical tips um like endless ones you know like mm. oh be really careful with your low end um, mm-hmm. and especially when you're a guitarist mm. make sure you have a, a sort of a, a, a high pass filter on like everything that yeah the low frequencies are really just for the bass and it will uh-huh. sound much clearer like yeah. there's lots of practical stuff like that but you can find that on, on youtube tutorials and yeah uh, other places i would say just keep it simple for for the beginning if you are a singer songwriter then focus on playing your first instrument playing it well uh, especially if you work with something like logic then you can easily just put a loop underneath that they are sounding better and better these days mm. and yeah stick with what you are comfortable with for the time being and then you can from there just branch out a bit more I find it fascinating working with vocals and different layers of mm. that um, using octaves or, you know, stereo panning is something mm. that has really uh, broadened my horizon loads, you know, just taking elements and putting them left and right into yeah. the audio spectrum. It's hugely effective. Yeah. I find, um, yeah, I would say try not to get lost in all of the plugins and effects so much um like a little bit of reverb is fine but you know in the end it also comes down to taste Mm. but if you want to learn how to produce and mix there are so many resources out there also on youtube but yeah just finding a friend who who does it well and you you can learn stuff with and just saying hey would you mind showing me some things Uh, that's also really 
mm. really really great way to do it yeah i think it was you that first showed me was it you that showed me that video the ira glass thing about the gap between your taste and your ability was that you possibly i can't remember it now but it, it, <laughs> it does sound familiar it's just this great this great i mean i think it was a talk that he gave and then it it was made into there's a few video versions but it's basically about every creative starts with taste and mm. there's always this gap between your oh, yeah. your taste and your ability and it yeah. just takes a lot of essentially trying and failing to yeah. get to, well, to the point where eventually your your taste is starting to catch up with your your and i feel like with with recording is like Mm -hmm. the the technical ability it it's literally just takes time of yeah. doing these recordings you know the more you do the more you learn the more your abilities grow and yeah yeah not kind of getting downhearted because the first thing you do or the first five things you do don't mm. quite turn out how you like yeah and and for me in that regard the the importance of finishing a project is is so huge because we can easily like start something and then our inner critic pops up and say, mm, that's not really as good as you were hoping it was going to mm. go. So I'll just leave it. But really, um, as you just said, that process of actually developing uh, and, and growing only happens when you've done several projects and after each one, when it's done, you can look back and say, okay, that was okay. That was not so good. Next mm. time I will, have learned this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why people like Ed Sheeran, for example, says, oh, you have to just write hundreds of songs, even if they are rubbish. Yeah. Just finish them, just write them, just get stuff out there, because that's how you learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that leads us nicely onto the fact that you have just signed up for the first time onto the 12 <laughs> Song Challenge. Oh, I'm a bit scared of it, but also really exciting. Because as uh, I've said, you know, it's I really think of it as a big step up and I have so much respect for all of the worship writers out there. So yeah, well, I want to challenge myself to try and do it. Yeah, and you're going to meet all the lovely people that listen to this podcast on the, on the forum and they're yeah. going to get to comment on your songs and you'll get to comment on theirs and it's yeah. an amazing community um yeah so I, i'm i'm looking forward to how you find it are you doing it yeah absolutely awesome. yeah i am um, cool. i kind of have to <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm really excited about it actually yeah it's no cool. this is this is my fourth one and uh it, every time you know it is the it's that thing that yeah you write some songs but the more important thing is that you grow as a writer yeah. Um, yeah. You know whether or not you end up using any of the songs that you that you produce, but you you just have this growth and 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 then for us right now, adding on to that this sense of community that has grown in the forum and on the Facebook group mm. and when people have been meeting up on Zoom and stuff uh, is is amazing and because it feels often very lonely being a being a, a songwriter because it tends yeah. to happen, you know away from people it's it's a great community yeah no, totally totally okay so we've talked a lot there about uh the track and i think it's about time that we heard it in its entirety so here it is uh pioneers by the forest feeling Your time 
falls asleep, falls asleep. Hear the drum in your chest. Beats your mind, beats your mind. Obsessions with anchors will never get you anywhere. Obsessions with Stay.
Thanks, Timo. So where can people find the Forest Feelings music? Yeah, so probably just search for the Forest Feeling in your search engine of choice. So we are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, as well as any music platform, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, or Bandcamp. In fact, if you want to support us in a more direct way, uh, you can buy our EP and all of the singles we've released since so that is the forest feeling on the internet webs that's very cool and i gotta say whenever you put something out i go and buy it on itunes because i know that streaming does not <laughs> pay the bills <laughs> so uh yeah encourage people to support yeah. independent music like that thanks so much timo right. cool thanks for having me it was great bless man bye thank you bye <laughs>